Hello world. If you can hear this, that means you're tuned into JSY podcast and I am your host, just simply Yvonne, coming to chat with you and you never know what about. This podcast was created for everyday people living everyday lives with the hopes that a conversation will be had that could change your perspective. We have made it to season two. I'm so excited to still be here. I hope that your ears are ready to listen. Your heart is open to receive a nugget or two and that this is a good use of your time. As Jahim says, come on over to my place. Let's see what we're talking about this episode. Hey now, hey now, hey now. If you can hear this, that means you are tuned into JSY podcast. So happy that you are here. So happy to be back before you one more time. I am going to discuss Will's book, Will, which was co-written with Mark Manson, I believe. And I think it was like 400 something pages. And as much as I love Will Smith as an actor, I was intrigued by his life story or what was going to be presented as his life story. So that was the pull for me to get the book. Of course, last year with the whole Oscars situation and him and Chris Rock, um, yes, a lot of controversy concerning him and his Oscar and his acting career and who he is as a person. And so I thought this is the perfect opportunity for me to get to know more of who he is and what he's been through. Um, I do know that not all times in a memoir does it come out like perfect or does it come out whole? Like so many times I've read ones and it was just like this part was decent and that part was decent and this part was decent and that part was decent. And then I remember that one thing and I don't remember a lot of this other stuff or I didn't know this went with that. So it was interesting to read this book. I will say if you've had the opportunity to do so. Great. If not, I'm going to highlight what I thought were key points out of the book, not specifically what happened in his life, more so quotes that he said or that Mark Manson wrote or whatever, however, however that part goes, um, that like resonated with me. So because they resonated with me, I thought they were worth sharing with someone else and hopefully gives you a better perspective of what was going on in that chapter, that book, that page, um, also, just the way to pull nuggets out of other people's lives. I know that we can learn from anyone, no matter if they have more money than us, more education, less education, less money, more accolades, less accolades, no matter who it is, we can learn something from anyone. And so that is the whole purpose of the read and review for me is to be able to pull nuggets out for someone else to be able to change the perspective of something that we may be going through or something that we may be interested in or something that we may have thought about a person without really truly knowing their story or who they are. So without further ado, I will get into this book. I will also say that Will, for me, has been, hmm, the word I would say is I want to say timeless, but I don't know if that's the correct word. I will say I remember him back when I was a kid. And of course, I watched Fresh Prince and then Independence Day and Men in Black and 
After Earth, and I, I I think I've seen all of his movies, and if not, most of them. I know my all-time favorite movie, <laughs> which a lot of people are like, what? My very favorite movie from Will is Hancock, and I can watch that movie every single like weekend and be perfectly fine, just because, I don't know, I like the movie, for whatever reason, maybe because it had the superhero aspect in it, I don't know, but... Of all his movies so far, that has been the one. Oh, 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 I'm sorry. Seven Pounds was my second, like, runner-up. I could watch them back-to-back. So I could watch Seven Pounds and then um, Hancock and then Seven Pounds. Seven Pounds was heart, like, gut-wrenching, heart strings pulled for me. Like, so, oh, my gosh. And I'm like, and then when I was reading this book, he didn't even mention Seven Pounds. And I'm like, what? That was a good movie. And it to him, I guess it didn't sell enough or it wasn't big enough. So he didn't even mention it. And so that's what I'm saying. And sometimes in these memoirs, you get bits and pieces and they kind of summarize what happened versus telling you exactly what happened. And I'm not sure if it was because he was just doing so many movies at that time because... When I went to rewatch Seven Pounds recently, I believe it came out right there when Ali or right before, right after in that time period, 2008, maybe. I don't know. I don't want to misquote. So don't quote me on that. But you can look up Seven Pounds by Will Smith, see when it came out and what other movies he came out with that year, because I believe he was in two movies that year. And if it wasn't the same year, it was like six months later. So it was a really tight recording schedule so maybe that's why he didn't really push one or the other I don't remember but those two movies for me were it for him and other movies were good but they just weren't that like for me Wild Wild West I remember that I remember most of his movies and it was just like okay but yeah so I was excited to read about him I'm waiting on Denzel to release his memoir but we haven't got that yet so we'll go with what we got um let me let me get over here. Okay, so first quote, he says, in order to feel confident and secure, you need to have something to feel confident and secure about. Yes, I agree. I sat with this one because so many times people are like, if you're starting a business, they're like, you should be confident. And when you get on live and you sell your business or your platform or your product or your service or whatever the case, you sell confident so people know that they can trust you and blah, blah, blah. And it's like, um, if you've never done it, you may not be confident. <laughs> if you're not 100% sure, if you want to use a product in that way, you're not as confident. Or if you don't know that this, the results people will get will be exactly what you're saying, you're not 100% secure in that. It's not until you've done like beta testing and then you got to a different space and then you're like, okay, I'm 100% confident that other people have been, went through my course, used my product, um, frequented my service, whatever the case may be, they have gotten results using this. And then that builds your confidence. But when you're doing like a fresh launch and you've never done like marketing or a business or sold a service or a product, it is hard to be confident about something that you are 100% not sure how the public is going to take it and or what they're going to do with that. Because you can have a good product and it needs to be tweaked just a little bit just for the people that are servicing it. Or you can have a product and you say, this is how I teach. This is what I'm coming with. And then other people don't learn that way. So then you have to tweak it a little bit because you already know it. So it doesn't matter to you, but the person receiving it needs it in a different way. Maybe bite-sized pieces, maybe, you know, taught differently. So just because you're 
confident in what you have doesn't necessarily mean that when you present it to the world, it'll be accepted as such. I hope that makes sense. He says, people's advice is based on their fears, their experiences, their prejudices, and at the end of the day, their advice is just that. It's theirs, not yours. When people give you advice, they're basing it on what they would do, what they can perceive, or what they think you can do. But the bottom line is, while yes, it is true that we are all subject to a series of universal laws, patterns, tides, and currents, all of which are somewhat predictable, you are the first time you've ever happened. You and now are a unique occurrence of which you are the most reliable measure of all the possibilities. What? You better say that, Will and Mark. <laughs> you and now are the most unique occurrence. You are the most reliable measure of all possibility. Yes, you are living whatever it is. If you say you want to be in a marriage, you're the one that's going to be married. Not with people, oh, he's compatible with you. Oh, she's a great catch for you. Oh, blah, 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 blah. I think you should get down to this weight. I think you should run this marathon. I think you should launch this publication. I think you should start this business venture. I think you should invest with blah, blah, blah. I think you should... People will give you opinions based on their fears, their experience, and their prejudice. So if they say that doesn't make sense, I wouldn't trust this, it might not make sense for them. But for you, it might be perfectly fine. So when he said that, I'm like, yes. And of course, he said he set out to be the most famous actor of all time. And so when he set out to be the most famous actor then of course people are like that's not really a goal like that's not something that that's like impossible most well known or whatever they're like that's not really attainable and he was just like watch me do it and then they were like well you might have one number one box office hit movie but it's impossible to have two or three or however many and he was just like okay and then he was like went to work and he you know got the second one i think it was independence day and I want to say Men in Black. I'm not sure. Don't quote me on this. I read this, but I didn't keep, I didn't read it to get those specific details out of it. So either way, he had two box office number one hits at the same time or right back to back. And he said, I think he did it the third time. And then they were saying the weekend, July 4th weekend became like Big Willie weekend, which I don't know that that happened. But he says that's what's <laughs> what happened because he did July 4th, Independence Day came out one year. And then the very next year, it was another big movie for him, which it might have been Men in Black. And then the next year, it was going to be another movie. And they were just like, oh, that weekend is really, you know, a good weekend for you or whatever the case may be. And... He was like, people were like, no, you're not going to be able to pull that off again. Or you're not going to be able to do this. Or you're not going to be able to do this. And he was just like, I'm the only one that has to live with my experiences. I'm the only one who can see yes or no. Or measure, yes, I want to do this. No, I don't want to do this. So I said that to say to you, you and now. That's it. You and now. You're unique. There is nobody else like you. There has never been and there will never be. So if it's something that is on your mind or on your heart or it crosses you to start or to just check out, check into it. You just never know that could be something for you that you're like, I would have never known baking 
I don't know, mini bunts, like buntlets. When you think of nothing but cake, bunt cakes, people are like, really, all they do is make buntlets, buntinis, bunt cakes, in other words. And it's just like, whoever would have thought that would have been a full business, enough business to where y'all have multiple locations in multiple states. You know, you just never know. Something that you could be sitting on could be that thing for you to take you from where you are to where you want to go. Okay. He also says, living is the journey from not knowing to knowing, from not understanding to understanding, from confusion to clarity. Absolutely. As you are journeying through life, you don't know what you don't know. (laughs) So from confusion to clarity. And then also, just because you know something that doesn't mean that it would be the same outcome for you. So somebody else says, I started a business at 22 and it flopped. And here you are at 23 and you're like, I wonder, they started at 22, they failed. Maybe I should wait till I'm 30. Not necessarily. Maybe you have the same outcome. Maybe you don't. Maybe you're able to take what they started and failed at and take from there and maybe go further. Maybe you're able to get a business mentor beforehand. Maybe you're able to you know, get a marketing a guru beforehand to try to help you not fall where they fail who knows but confusion to clarity along the way life is a journey it is not just one moment it is not one destination you are traveling every single day that you wake up you're traveling you're headed somewhere and along the way you're learning you're understanding what you didn't understand yesterday you may understand tomorrow and if not tomorrow maybe two years from now something you wondered two years prior may come to you two years later and say you know what I don't understand why that fell through I understand why that friendship ended I understand why I've left that city I understand why I couldn't stay at that job I understand why I couldn't be in that marriage I understand why put fill in the blank understanding comes with the journey like as you go it's not I have a question today I get an answer today maybe but it's not going to be a full like if you ask today what is my purpose that is a loaded question (laughs) so you wouldn't get that answer today you might get a little piece here and then you might go five years you might get another little piece and you might go two months you might get another piece you might go two years you might get another piece you know what I'm saying like understanding along the way but you have to keep moving and gathering information and moving yes Yes. Okay. He says, I discovered the vital importance of travel. It lends critical perspective. Yes. I love, 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 love. If you can get out and see something different. I know people who have never left their hometown. Never. And I'm like, what? Do you know how much more world there is? Do you know how many more people in the world there are? Do you know that different cities and states and areas have different cultures? You would never know that if you never left from where you're from. Literally. Get out and experience something because it does change your perspective. When you you even if you stay in the same state. Because some people are like, I love this state. I don't want to leave this state. This is all I know. Cool. Move to a different city in that state and just see how different it is from one to the other. I mean, I would challenge you to move out the state at least once. But if you don't, it's fine. But at least get out and travel. At least get on the car, get in the car, and go on a road trip and say, Louisiana from Texas is four, maybe four hours, five hours, six hours. I mean, you can drive to Louisiana in one day. You can say, okay, Texas to Arkansas, four to five, maybe eight hours, depending on where you are in Texas. But 
you know, you can drive from here to Mississippi and it's like nine hours. Get in the car and check out different things just so you can see different stuff. It changes your perspective. It opens you up to changing your perspective. You see different things. You see different people. Then you realize, like if you went to Oklahoma, you might say, I just don't like how this, this, this. They have a state tax and Texas doesn't. Cool. But you would never really know that unless you looked that up or you went somewhere where you could really check that out to know. Right? So it just gives you different perspectives and it keeps you open. Okay. He says, choosing the city you live in is as important as choosing your life partner. Ooh, that was heavy. That was heavy. You can only go as far as the person you're with is willing to go. If they don't want to go anywhere, you're not going anywhere. If they don't want anything out of life, psst you won't get much out of life. (laughs) If you pick someone who is limited in their mindset and you're open, you're going to have a battle because then you have to try to convince them to be open. And that's half the battle. And that energy that you're using to convince them to be open, you could have been using to start a business, to travel, to launch an online service, to go back to school and get a degree, to figuring out how to bake or start a baking business. When you pick someone who is closed off in a lot of things, it affects more than just what you think. It is not simply, oh, this is my spouse, but that's it. Okay, he says, it's respectable to lose to the universe. It's a tragedy to lose to yourself. Mm. Right there. Our words have power. They mean something to us. So if you say, I'm going to do this, you are talking to yourself and you're putting it out into the universe. And if circumstances allow or don't allow that to happen, that's one thing. But if you say, I want to be a book author, or if you say, I want to be a best-selling author, and then you never write the book, you've lost to yourself because you didn't give yourself really a chance. You didn't give the, the universe an opportunity to actually manifest what you wanted because you didn't even do the minimum so yeah let that let's not let's not let that be us if it's something that you want go for it speak it write it think it believe it and then actually put in the work take steps headed that direction that way you're not losing to yourself if the universe doesn't give it to you or it doesn't happen because of you know outside external forces that's one thing but not let it be but don't let it be because you didn't try he says even though these possibilities are abundantly and perpetually flowing out of us we can miss them or even worse block them or repel them absolutely it is important what you say it is important what you think which is why i try to do the affirmations once a month it's important what energy you have around you All of those things matter. If you block or repel your blessings, it's hard to get where you're trying to go. It's all kinds of things around us flowing day in, day out. Energy is everywhere. And so, for one, you don't want to be tangled up with bad energy. You don't want stagnant energy. But you also don't want to be around positive and purposeful energy. And then you're repelling it against yourself by speaking the wrong things. So, yes positivity, positive vibes, positive energy only. 
He says, Sometimes people try to play the cards that they wish they had instead of playing the hand that they're dealt. The capacity to adjust and improvise is arguably the single most critical human ability. Yes, change is constant. You have to be willing to be flexible. You don't change the goal. Be flexible in how you get there. Yes. Every time I see that quote, I'm like, yes, the goal is still the same. But if you have to pivot, if you have to backstep, if you have to go left instead of right, if you have to go up instead of under, if you have to go through instead of around, whatever the case may be, the goal is the same. How you get there can be flexible. Okay. He says things can be perfectly useful and absolutely necessary during certain periods of our lives. But a time will come when we must put them aside or die. Change is inevitable. What worked at 20 to get you through college, to get you through midterms, to get you through binge watching TV or a relationship or whatever is not the same at 35 going into marriage with a degree, with a high functioning, high stress level job. It's not the same. It has similarities, but what what you did then will not get you through what you're going through now. As you mature, as you evolve, some of the habits have to die off. Otherwise, they'll take you out. 24 hours, running on 24 hours, you might have did that when you were 19 because this just what you did as a college kid. You don't do that at 40. You know what I'm saying? That, just, that doesn't work. Your body will shut down on you. You are not that person you once were. So it's nothing wrong with that. But at that moment, you needed it. At this moment, as you fast forward through your life, you don't need that anymore. Staying out 24 hours when you're single and 19 is one thing. You try doing that, being married with kids is a whole different ballgame. You know what I'm saying? It just doesn't work. Everything doesn't work in every season. So as you mature and evolve, change is inevitable. Okay, he says, It's amazing how skewed your vision can become when you see the present through the lens of your past. I don't know that I've ever seen the present through the lens of my past in those words. I think I've looked back and seen my past. (laughs) But either way, I think what he's trying to say here is that you want to grow from your past to where it doesn't become your present. You want to shift the trajectory. If this is what I was doing then, but this is where I want to go, I have to make different steps. And what I failed at in my past, I don't want to bring that to my future. I don't want to bring it to my current. That way it won't affect my future. Okay, he says, Stephen Covey in The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People said there are only two human problems. One, knowing what you want, but not knowing how to get it. And two, not knowing what you want. What? What? When he said this, first of all, I read Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. Good book. But when he said that, I had to sit with that for a while because that is the absolute truth. Knowing what you want, but not how to get it. Or flat out just not knowing what you want. It is so many people that's like, if I want a million dollars... And then they can't finish the sentence. Or they say something like, I would travel, I would do this, I would do that. And I'm like, that's not a money-making activity. So that means when that one million is gone, then what? Versus if you sit with somebody and they say, if I want a million dollars, I would invest in 10 companies. I would do this, I would do that. But a part of me wants to be on vacation for three months. A part of me wants to, you know, pay my mom's debt off or buy a house. You know, some people have different things. But not, but... 
knowing what you want and not how to get there versus not knowing what you want. You got to sit with yourself with that one. You have to sit with yourself on that one and just marinate on it. Do I really truly know what I want and not how to get it? Or do I not even know what I want? I want out of this dead end job. I want out of this lifeless marriage. I want out of you know, whatever debt I want out of this small minded town. I want, you know what I'm saying? Or do you just like, I mean, it's uncomfortable, but nothing in my life is I need to get rid of. Right. Or you say, I know exactly what I want. I just don't know how to make that manifest for me. I don't know how to get there. Two different things. Oh, that's a heavy one. That is like a atomic bomb right there I'm like sit with that do you know what you want but not how to get there or do you not even know what you want <sighs> okay he says the problem is all of your dreams are on the other side of pain and difficulty what I'm telling you that when he got to this part of the book I think this is like middle or three-fourths of the way I was I'm like, you stepping on every toe I got. You was all in my business. You all up in my space. I can't breathe because what? Your dream is on the other side of pain and difficulty. Meaning there is no happy-go-lucky, one-size-fits-all, skip over the hard parts. I just show up and I'm no, nope, nope, nope. No, we don't know what the difficulty is. We don't know what the pain is, whether that's physical, family, you know, trauma. We don't know what the the pain and the, the difficulty is. But that I have seen for myself. Just like when people say it's a blessing and a burden at the same time. Yes. Do you think that him traveling is a blessing that he's known all over the world? He's a world famous actor, but he cannot move the way that other people move because of his status. So that can be a burden. I don't think he owns a jet or a private airline or aircraft. I don't know this, but I mean, you have to move differently when you're at that statue of life. You know what I'm saying? Versus we can just jump up, book a flight and go where we're going or go on a cruise. I don't think they could do cruises because... (laughs) you wouldn't be able to enjoy yourself because people want to come up and take pictures and autographs and all that. You know, like things are different. And so I think absolutely the other side of pain and difficulty, your dream is there. Are you going to endure? Are you going to maneuver? Are you going to figure out how to deal with the pain and the difficulty to get what you want? (sighs) Okay, he says his position was... Dreams are built on discipline. Discipline is built on habits. Habits are built on training. And training takes place in every single second and situation of your life. Wow. When I saw that, I'm like, yes, I think training is around you all the time. Now, habits, I'm not sure if they come from training. That's a loaded statement. But your habits, I do think, create your life and then your life or your habits create your thoughts thoughts create your it's a it's a quote that goes all the way through and it's like this creates your life I don't know the exact quote and I don't want to mess it up but it's like four or five things create one another just like this quote and I'm just like yes be aware of your habits take in as much training as you possibly can because you want to be better you want to be growing you want to be evolving you want to be 
you know, thriving, as I said at the beginning of the month. <laughs> you want to be growing. Yeah. Okay. He says, purpose and desire can seem similar, but they are very different. Sometimes uh, even opposing forces. Yes, I don't remember which episode it was, but I did purpose versus desire or desire versus purpose. Oh my gosh, this is what I'm saying. He said this, they could be opposing. They can be, they don't have to be. But so many times he said that him wanting to be a world famous actor, he felt like that was desire. That was his desire. And then he felt like that was what he was put on the earth to do. Like he felt like that was his purpose, but it was tearing his family apart. And he was just like, when he really sat down and looked at it, it was his personal desire, not like his family desire. And then he was like, it might not necessarily be my purpose, but I was trying to make it my purpose. But the desire and the purpose could be opposing forces. What I was put on here to do, what I was put in the earth to do, may not go with my desire. My purpose could have been to be not famous, but my desire was to be, you know what I'm saying? So they go against each other. He was like, that's just one of those things as you go through life, you have to figure that out. You would have to sit with that and see how do you feel and, you know, how is it going and what all is affected by chasing one or the other. Yes, purpose is more important than desire too. But if you have not listened, purpose versus desire versus purpose is a previous episode and I go into depth more in depth about which is which, what means what, how you can maneuver through those. Okay. Desire is what you want. Purpose is the flowering of what you are. Desire tends to weaken over time, whereas purpose strengthens the more you lean into it. Okay. He says, feeling good is the most important thing to everyone, everywhere, at all times. Uh, Don't you want to feel good? Mm, Set yourself up. Sometimes you have to feel bad right now in this moment. Discipline, um perseverance, all these things you have to go through, like the pain and the difficulty might be rough right now, but then when it pays off later, it's like, yes. I mean, you don't want to feel bad every single day, right? Because then you would stop doing whatever it is. But if you're trying to lose weight, you have to put in the work, whether that's drink more water, whether it's move more, whether that's um, watch your portion control, all kinds of things. If you're trying to save money, that means not spending, you know, not entertaining, not eating out, not doing whatever. And it might hurt or it might feel rough in that moment but then later on when it pays off you're fine you're like yes I feel good about this so feeling good is what people want everywhere but it's not necessarily a thing that you can accomplish every minute of every day especially if you're responsible okay he says losing could be equal to winning in terms of growth and development absolutely absolutely you could lose a job and you might have thought man that's all i needed that was what that was what it was that was this that was my source of income that was my purpose that was my blah 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 right and then not knowing it was chipping away at your self esteem or chipping away at your values or your um purpose or whatever the case may be and so you losing that job could be winning in another category you just don't see it like that at the moment because of course you want to make sure you're able to pay for the things that are yours your house your car 
your lights, your water, your cable, your, you know what I'm saying? All the things that are yours, you want to be able to pay for that. So if you lose your job, you may not be able to do that. But it looks like you're losing in one sense, but you may in fact actually be winning. So growing and developing who you are, it might show you the growth, right? Might happen right after that and be like, okay, so had I not lost that job, I would have never looked into this course to take this, to do this, to launch my business. You just never know. Not all things that seem like a loss at the time is an actual loss. It could be setting you up for a bigger win later. Okay, and lastly, he says, there is nothing that you can receive from the material world that will create inner peace or fulfillment. Yeah. Yeah. He was on a spiritual journey at this point, and he was saying that he learned so many things about himself and blah, blah, blah. And in him doing that, then he was saying that, you know, even though he has all this access and this success and this fame and this fortune, it's still things that money cannot buy. And when he said that, I'm like, absolutely. So many people get tangled up. I just want to be this. I just want to hit $5 million a month. Or I just want to hit, you know, these crazy 100000 a month if they've never had a 10000 month. You know, whatever the case may be. And then it's like you get that and money has never bought happiness. It could buy you things that'll make you, you know, feel better or it'll buy you like resources or it'll buy you convenience. But money itself cannot make you happy. And so people are just like, yeah, I can buy all this stuff, material things does not give you fulfillment and does not give you that inner peace that you are looking for. That is a relationship with Christ. That is a relationship with a higher being that gives you that. And so he's saying he went through all that and then he still was not necessarily tormented, but he still had some demons or some energy or some something on him that he couldn't get rid of. And then he was like, I'm the most popular, famous actor in the world, yet and still I have this internal going and going and going. And he had pride and self-esteem, like um, self-esteem issues and all these things that you would have never guessed he had because it's like, how? When you show up in the movies, you look confident, you look this, you look that. But that's what happens when you look at people and you take them at face value. You never know what they're going through underneath. You never know how they think or what they're battling with because in the beginning of the book, he talks about his dad and his mom's relationship and his dad used to beat his mom and he could never stand up to his dad because he was always scared which when I saw the Chris Rock incident to me after you see so many people get picked on so many people get talked about so many people not be able to stand up for themselves to me it just manifested in that moment but of course you wouldn't know that unless you read his life story, right? But when I read it, I was just like, that is why that was the response that he gave. Instead of saying, so many people were like, he could have pulled Chris Rock to the back. He could have told him, you know, get off stage. He could have yelled at him, cussed at him, but he could have never put hands on him, right? But if you grew up in a household and every time you looked up, your mom was getting slapped and beat around and pushed on and whatever, hit by your dad, essentially, then you may think that's how respect goes, you may think that that's what it called for. Who knows what was going on in his mind? But of course, like when he did his apology, he's like, never have I gotten out of character. Never have I said anything. Never have I done anything. And I just, I'm sorry that I this happened this way, blah, blah, blah. You know, with the apology. And so 
it could just be that it was years of watching people who could not fight back for themselves just spilled over into that very moment and things that he thought he dealt with that he really didn't because he said he's been in counseling he said he's done these um like spiritual cleanses where he purged all this stuff from his body and all of these things and it's like yeah but we were all watching and we saw what happened you know and it's like who knows, you know, who ever knows what's going on in the person's mind and body and all of that and the trauma they've experienced because I would have never got that from him. Like he always played somebody who was confident, who was like different from him because he said that at the very beginning of the book, he said that he was more like a coward. And I'm like, what, what am I reading here? Like, what is going on here? And I was just like, why would you pick that choice of words? But then the more I read, I was like, he was like, it was as though like his dad was challenging him to step up and fight for his mom. And he just couldn't do it. He was like, I was small and I was scrawny and I was this and I was that. And I was scared and I was, you know, and I'm like, but you were also a kid. You gave yourself no grace. You were a child going up against a grown man and you kept not, you know, getting in the way. And you're like, I feel for my mom, but I'm not standing up for her. And so he had issues with that. And I'm just like, yes, and issues that are not resolved show up somewhere else in your life. And so I was just like, wow, would have never known that. I would have never guessed that for him. But yeah, very entertaining, um, lengthy book, <laughs> 400 something pages and so yeah a lot of different things that you can read about what he was going through and how he like filmed the role for Ali I didn't realize it was that intense of a role I remember seeing it but I've only seen it like once or twice so I was like I didn't realize it was that intense but from his perspective all the training that he had to go through to even get that role or to play that role it was very interesting but I hope that you enjoyed the book if you haven't read it, I hope you get a chance to check it out. It is lengthy. I will say that. It is entertaining, but it is lengthy. And he gives a lot of details about a lot of different things he's been through. Um, his first marriage, divorce, Mary and Jada um, having the three kids. I mean, he talks about a lot of stuff. And so it's, it's plenty in there if you want to learn more about him. Um, I will say I am on the fence about the book for September. Yes, I'm on the fence about the book for September. I just found out, um, I think it's As I Am, Just As I Am by Cicely Tyson. And then I also found Taraji P. Henson's Around the Way Girl. And I'm trying to see which book to read. I will announce it in another episode because <laughs> I'm still trying to figure out which one I want to read or which one... Yeah, the Cicely Tyson is like four or 500 pages. And so I'm not sure if I want to read that one. And then Taraji P. Henson obviously is shorter, but I'm not really exactly sure if it's a full memoir or what, because it, it seems like it's like 200 pages. So I'm not really sure what's going on there. But I also, like I said, I read things so I can get different perspectives and I can pull nuggets out. And so I'm hoping if I do Around the Way Girl, that it would be some nuggets in there to even pull out. So, um of course, of course, of course. I thank you so much for being here. I think I talked a little extra on here. Sorry about that. I'm super excited. This is my birth week. And I just know that this next year of life is going to be beautiful. It's already been beautiful, but I just know that it's some blessings on the way. And so I'm excited, excited, excited. I'm on vacation this week. So I'm like, I have all the time to talk. Okay. <laughs> but um, let me get out of here. Um, again, thank you so much for your time. 
And uh, if you choose to support the podcast, um, I am looking to hire a producer so I can take some of the things off my plate. You can support the podcast on buymeacoffee.com backslash JSY podcast. Okay, until next time. That's it and that's all for this episode, of course. I'm coming back to you live at 5, okay? I hope that you heard something that sticks with you or that pops back up in your mind later in the week and you're able to marinate on it. Real quick, if you could, Spotify has a new option to rate podcast. So if you heard this podcast on Spotify, if you could leave a rating or if you heard it on Apple, if you could leave a review so other people can find this podcast and take a listen. Thank you so very much. I truly could not do it without you. And just know I'm probably somewhere talking. Until next time, toodles y'all.